the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And what is mere religion? It's dead. It's lifeless. It's worthless rituals. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with Pastor Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Now God, we ask that you would speak to us, that you would cause our hearts to be tender towards you, and that, Father, we would glean from your word here today, Father. Take what has been written 2,000 years ago and address it to our own lives today, for we ask this in Jesus' name. All agree and said, amen. amen. Well, we're going to be in John chapter 1. I entitled this message, I Wonder. Have you ever seen something that just made you ask this question? I wonder how that works. Well, that happens to me all the time. Maybe it's because I'm a guy. You know, after my wife and I had three girls and raising them, I really got used to being around girls. I, I was obviously outnumbered with my wife, three daughters. Even our dog was a female, okay? So for me, it was nothing but years of Barbie dolls, stuffed animals, and pink everything, which turned into, as they got older, Clinique, the mat counter, and cute clothes. But then... My son was born, the man-child, and I was reminded of who I was as a man. I remember he was born in August, so our first Christmas, he was four months old. I got him this gnarly remote-controlled car with killer suspension. My wife said, that's not for him, that's for you. I said, yes, it is. And I make no apologies for any of that, yes. But then I started, you know, when, I, when he was getting older, I was buying my son all kinds of cool stuff. Skateboards, not the ones you just buy off the rack at Toys R Us. No, I mean, I would go to the skate shop, get the killer trucks, the wheels, speed demon bearings, everything. I bought him gnarly BMX bicycles and everything under the sun. Instead of saying, Thank you, Daddy. This is so cute, which is what I was used to with my girls. He would say, cool, Dad. How does it work? And we would take it apart. It was awesome. Yes, he was and is a real boy. He's just like me. I want to know how stuff works. How does this thing tick? Like the Antonov AN-225. It's the biggest airplane in the world. It's built by Russia to haul their version of a space shuttle. It has a wingspan of 290 feet. That's 10 feet less than a football field is long. And with a full load, it weighs 600 tons. That's 1,200,000 pounds. I think to myself... This thing is crazy. How does it fly? I mean, how does it even get off the ground? 
Or what about the biggest ship in the world? It's an oil tanker called the Jair Viking. It's 1,504 feet long. That's over five football fields long. It's 52 feet longer than the tallest building in the United States, which is a Sears Tower, which is now called the Willis Tower in Chicago. Uh, That's 1,451 feet tall. That ship carries over 4.2 million barrels of crude oil. Its gross weight is, are you ready? It's 1,448,478,080 pounds. That's right. It weighs a lot. It's crazy. How does it not sink? You know, if I went to In-N-Out Burger and ate two double-doubles, I think I would sink, okay? So, I mean, how does it do it? Well, somehow, you know, obviously, when it comes to big flying or floating machines, someone figured out if you put enough engines on an airplane, the law of aerodynamics would take over the law of gravity. While others figured out that the right buoyancy, even big ships, will not sink. Yes, There are many things in life that I don't understand. And that's okay, because I'm not the only one. Consider the record label DECA in 1962. It auditioned two bands. They decided to sign the first band, Brian Poole and the Tremolos. Who the heck is that? Nobody knows. But they rejected the other garage band. And who was that? I don't know, maybe you've heard of them. Uh, They're a little band named The Beatles, okay? Oops, I guess you could say. Yes, it's impossible, though, for us as humans to know everything, let alone the biggest mystery of all. And that, of course, is the God of creation. For he has no beginning, and he has no end. He made everything out of nothing, creating all the planets and the stars in which scientists claim those stars fill a hundred billion galaxies. He's placed them all perfectly with no strings holding any of them. They just float in the sky. God designed everything, all the animals of the earth, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and of course, his prized possession, humanity. That's you and me. Yes, all of creation created with such design. Creation created with such intelligence that from the plants to the insects, they all reproduce. Plus, we're all created as unique individuals. We, as humans, are characterized by different fingerprints, different tongue prints, and we have a DNA strand that runs through our bodies. How crazy is that? Now imagine, since we cannot comprehend how God has masterminded the creation, now we'll attempt to grasp, somehow grasp, how this infinite God has chosen to reveal himself to us, his creation, humanity, in the triunity of himself. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And yet all three of these are one How in the world does that work? Now, as we continue in our study through the Gospel of John, again, John has a different perspective of Jesus than the other three Gospels. We looked at that last week. Now, the Gospel of John presents the one who was born of a virgin. He presents him as both God and man. Well, today we will consider three points in light of our title, I Wonder. 
Number one, the wonder of the Bible. This book that we hold, how crazy is it? Number two, the wonder of the word. The word that came flesh. And number three, the wonder that was made flesh. So let's look at our first point, the wonder of the Bible. In the Gospel of John, John will herald, he will proclaim, I should say, the divinity of Jesus Christ. Without question, John presents Jesus as literally God in the flesh, flesh and blood like you and me. He drives his point home throughout the entire book. But how in the world is that even possible? And maybe a deeper question is this. Can we trust the book that records all of this information? Can we trust this book that is called the Bible? And just how did the Bible come into existence in the first place? Well, it was directly and directed by the Holy Spirit of God, who is the third part of the triunity of God. God is the how, you could say. God is the inspiration behind the Bible. It was his divine direction that the Bible came into being. Listen to what it says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. He says, but know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy has ever been made by an act of human will. But men, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. Boy, there's a lot of wisdom in that portion of Scripture. This is a very extremely important fact. And we must grasp onto this truth. When it says that no Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation, or as the King James says, private interpretation. That means it was not by any human thought. It was not by any intellect that unraveled, that unloosened these truths to us. God wanted to convey to man himself. Understand, this verse is not so much about how we should interpret the scripture, but more of where the scripture originated. It's about where its source came from. Know this, the Bible is not from any act of human will, but it was men literally moved and directed by the Holy Spirit. It's words that were spoke from God, as it says in 2 Timothy 3.16, It's by the inspiration of God. All scripture is inspired by God. It's literally God breathed. It was, again, the origin of the Bible is from God himself. The Bible is not a product of some human effort. It wasn't devised by human will. It wasn't devised by some human thought. So how exactly did it come into being? Well, God used men. Men to record his word. And the Holy Spirit superintended each word as the man recorded it. Meaning God allowed individual personalities, their own thought processes and their vocabulary to compose, to record without error the exact words that God wanted to be written. And what we hold today as the Bible is not just one book, obviously. It's 66 individual books written by 40 different authors from all walks of life. Some were anointed prophets, while others were everything from fig pickers to fishermen. 
all over a 1,500-year period. There's 39 Old Testament books by 32 different authors. 90% of those authors didn't even know one another. They were in different time frames, different seasons of life. Yet between those 32 authors, they all referred to their writings as the Word of God. These are the words of God. And they said that in the Old Testament some 3,800 times. Then moving into the 27 books of the New Testament, they were written by eight different authors who all knew each other. Plus, they had all walked with Jesus or had seen Jesus, or they got their information from those who were walking with Jesus. In the New Testament, those eight authors directly quoted from the Old Testament, word for word, 695 times. Plus, the New Testament authors either referred to dates of the Old Testament, times of the Old Testament, places of the Old Testament, and people of the Old Testament over 4,000 times referring to them. And it all completely flows together like a well-tuned machine, like an orchestra playing in total perfection. Now imagine that today. Imagine 40 authors telling you how to make the best salad. Imagine 40 authors trying to tell you the best way to frame a house. Imagine 40 authors telling you the best way to pour concrete. Are you ever going to get 40 authors from different times and seasons of life, some that know each other, some that don't, that are going to tell you how to do it exactly the same way? But yet these 40 authors, over 1,500 years, they all say the same thing. How is that even possible? How can it even be? Again, because of the wonder of the Bible. And the wonder of the Bible is what? It was directed, it was put together by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is referred to in the New Testament as the comforter. That comes from a Greek word, parakletos. And it's one, it's in the, in the original language, it means one called alongside to help and encourage by the holding of the hand. It's the same Greek word that we, uh, you know, uh, transpose as either uh, comforter or advocate as it talks about the Savior in 1 John chapter 2. Yes, he has directed the authenticity of the Bible that we hold in our hands today, the written word of God. Yes, men, regular men, they were moved in their soul by the Holy Spirit of God. That word moved means that they were carried about. And that's why we can trust the Bible today. It's infallible. It is without error. It is the word of God. And for us Christians, we embrace God's word as truth, period. Not some of it. You know, we don't have the luxury to pick and choose what we accept and what we disagree with. Like the options on a new car. Yes, I think I'll take the moonroof and I will have the power windows. But I don't want the navigation system because, well, basically my phone does that. So I'm going to give you two grand to do that for me. So, you know, see, it's not like options on a car. But see, what's happened today with progressive Christianity is people want to treat it like it's optional. Well, I like that, but I don't like this. I want this part. I don't want that part. Yes, I love all the love parts, but I don't want to be told what to do or how to live. I don't want to hear about sin. I don't want to have any kind of conviction in my life. I just want the love parts. I can do whatever I want, and you just love, love, love. See, that's not how it works. 
We embrace the word. We have to embrace the full fullness of the word, all of the word. We cannot accept God's loving embrace. We cannot accept his mercy and his forgiveness while at the very same time living in open and willing sin. It just doesn't work that way. That's why the Bible says, if you say that you know him, oh, you say, oh, I know God. Oh, me and him are just like this. It's like, hold on now. You know, you can't say that you know him if you're walking in sin. It's like that day, I was back in Washington, D.C., and me and my wife and another guy, we were out witnessing to prostitutes in the red light district. And we were in front of what was known as Peggy's Bar. And so one of the pimps walked out, you know, and they were already, you know, very leery of us Christians because there was some of the girls that were giving their lives to Christ and pulling them off the street. So we were like public enemy number one. And so this one pimp comes out of the thing and then another one follows him. And I said, hey, excuse me, I'd like to tell you about Jesus. And he turned around and he says, hey, man. Me and Jesus are just like this. And I said, you're a liar. Okay. It's like, you know, sometimes you say things before you think them through. Okay. And so he's like, what? And he comes, he's starting to come to me. I'm thinking like, I'm going to die on this sidewalk right here tonight. Okay. It's like two o'clock in the morning. Of course, I'm just like, um, it's over for me. And so he comes and he's walking. I'm like, oh Lord Jesus, you know, and I'm trying to tell my feet, feet run. Okay. But they're not listening. Okay. Would you run? Cause you cannot run this guy. Cause you have long legs. Okay. But anyway, so he comes, he gets in my grill. He is like in my face. And he's just like, and he's cursing at me and all of these things. And I'm just like, I'm just kind of taking it. And then I said, listen, I'm not the one calling you a liar. The Bible is calling you a liar, which is the word of God. Because it says, if you say that you know him and you walk in darkness, you're a liar and the truth isn't in you. And he stopped and he kind of took a step back and his eyes got super big and he turned around and he ran. He ran past his buddy, just bolted. You know, and that's like, now I don't know what he saw. Maybe there was a 40 foot high eye angel sitting behind me with a sword drawn, you know, touch the honky, you die. I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure what happened, but I know this. Something happened in his life with the power of the word of God. And it was about a week after that, that we were out there again. It was about two o'clock in the morning. And I'm standing on a street corner and this Cadillac pulls up with tinted windows. And it pulls up right next to me. I'm just right on the curb. And the window's going down. And I'm thinking, you know, man of faith, there are shotguns coming out. You know, it's like, I'm going to die on this curb here tonight. And it's like the window goes down. And then I see this hand. And so I, I, I got off the curb and I'm in the gutter. I'm, I'm like, yeah, how's it going? And it, it was the guy. It was that same guy. And he goes, hey, I want to thank you for that. I'm going home. I'm giving up this occupation. And he had a Bible sitting on his seat. And I'm like, praise Jesus. That, that is the Lord. Only God. Can, but that's what the word of God is. That's what it does. As many will justify lifestyles today. And they'll say, oh, please, this is the 21st century. Times have changed. Oh, times have changed. Fashion has changed. Technology changes. But the heart of man never changes, and God's word will never, ever change. Yes, despite, despite the wages of sin and inflation, it's like the wages of sin is still death. But that's why God came to the world, though. That's why he came. He came to save sinners. Which brings up our second point, the wonder of the word. Let's read together in John chapter 1, 
Picking up in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by Him. By who? The Word that was with God. The Word who was God. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Verse 4. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. Drop down to verse 14. And the word became flesh. He dwelt among us. We as human beings beheld his glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the father. Full of grace and truth. Wow. This is nothing short than incredible. Notice how John didn't start this gospel off with, Hi, how's it going? I'm the Apostle John. I happened to walk with Jesus. I was one of his disciples. And I was the one that Jesus loved. No, it was actually the total and complete opposite of that. John comes out of the gate on fire 100 miles an hour with really the most controversial statement that a man could ever make. And with total abruptness, not empowered by his own position or his standing as an apostle or a disciple of Christ, but rather a man that was led and moved by the Holy Spirit of God. And he makes what will be a firestorm of a first statement because all of Christianity depends on this first truth. We must be Christians who embrace and believe the wonder of the word. And who is that? It is Jesus. Without this foundation, our faith is absolutely useless and becomes nothing more than mere religion. And what is mere religion? It's dead. It's lifeless. It's worthless rituals trying to go to somewhat appease ourselves. This is what separates Christianity from every other religion out there. And though many would call themselves a Christian, if they cannot embrace, if they cannot grab onto this very truth that John speaks out with such boldness, then they are not Christians at all. Many people and religions will say all sorts of things about Jesus. Many of them seem like they're filled with such kindness and love. As they say, Jesus is such a loving individual. Jesus is someone that we should emulate. Jesus is someone that we should follow. He is someone that we should look up to, a leader, an example to live by. Some will say that he's even a prophet. Other religions will say, well, he's an angel, an angel of light. Some, like the Doobie Brothers, will just say, well, Jesus is just all right with me. That's what they'll say. But let's not make the mistake of the countless religions and cults that surround us. Those who misrepresent themselves as Christians. Let's accept Jesus for who Jesus claims to be. The Apostle John says he is the word. Which in verse 14 became flesh. The one who John seen with his own eyes. He said in the first epistle of John in chapter 1. We seen him with our eyes. We touched him with our hands. Yes, Jesus, he's the word. In the beginning, he was with God. In the beginning, he was with God. And in the beginning, he was God. The word came 
from the Greek word logos or logos. It's the, it means the divine expression. In the beginning was the divine expression. The divine expression was with God. The divine expression was God. And the divine expression became flesh. And we beheld his glory. Which brings up our third and final point. The wonder made flesh. And Jesus, the divine expression, became flesh so that his creation, humanity, you and me, are able to see him. We're able to hear him and touch him. This is crazy. I mean, how in the world does this work? How can Jesus, the baby that was born of a virgin... Born in a manger, nothing more than an animal stable, this man who walked in flesh and blood like you and me, how can he be God himself? Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 